0: Oh, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, and I thank you very much for allowing me uh, to take over your senses for a little bit. Well, at least two, two, one, maybe two senses at a time. Not more than two, I promise. You know, if if your, if your uh, olfactory senses start getting overloaded, uh, it might not be my fault. <laughs> or at least, you know, something's happening with technology that, I, that is completely out of my control. But hey, look, we're here to talk professional wrestling right now on the Mr. Warren Hay Show. That's what we do. So uh, first of all, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, video on demand, I thank you very much. That's very much appreciated. Uh, consider giving a like. To the video that stuff you, i can't tell you how much it helps grow the channel it's a big sign of support give it a like right now i appreciate it a great deal and if it's your first time here consider becoming a subscriber to the mr warren Hayes show just click subscribe that's why you that way you won't miss a thing moving forward and if you want to show a little more support uh you can always become a member of the mr warren Hayes show channel it's a very small amount per month and then you get some extra content i'll have some extra content out I have tons of stuff that I wasn't able to cover on the show today. So, uh, it'll be out there for members only. So, do become a member of the Mr. Warren Hay Show channel. That's a little something that you can do to show some support. And leave a comment as well on YouTube. I love talking about wrestling. So, tell me about uh, what uh, what's going on. Look, there's stuff with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston, you've got opinions. You've got opinions on this. I, I I don't believe you don't have an opinion on it. Let me know what you think. And I'll chat back with you. I love talking about wrestling. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, again, thank you very much. I can't tell you enough. I won't, can't stress it enough. Consider living a, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. Again, just little things that you can do, tiny, minuscule, little things but that mean a lot and really do help grow the podcast. So thank you all very much. Look, we're going to get right into it right now. Just before we do, join the Mr. Warren Hayes Discord if you want to continue talking about pro wrestling. Link is in the description. Now we're going to start the show off. We're going to get things going here and boy, I look, we're going to we're covering a lot of stuff here. Uh we're going to go up we're we're going to start straight off the bat talking about Dynamite because there's a lot of AEW news that all seems to tie into to Dynamite as well, so we're going to do that, of course, we're talking about Thunder Rosa, and Britt Baker, and Eddie Kingston, and Sammy Guevara, of course, we're talking about CM Punk and John Moxley, we're going to talk about uh, Johnny Gargano, and maybe at the end, NWA 74, well, you'll have to stick around to find out, uh, or fast forward to the end, but, you know, maybe try and listen to everything else in the meantime. Two. oh it's a good one thank you everyone for being here let's get to it let's kick off these wonderful festivities by saying something nice about bill goldberg you know it's wild to say this in 2022 but it's true bill goldberg would be an upgrade if he were to be inserted in the nwa 74 main event crazy though isn't that wild when you think about it there is actually a match that you could throw goldberg in and you'd be like clear upgrade in 2022 just just bananas this is the wild world of wrestling that we live in in in, in 2022 and tonight we have a lot of wrestling to talk about I'm going to start, we're, look, we're going to, we're going to talk about all the big AEW news that happened this week. There's been just like, all the drama. We're going to be talking about it. The Thunder Rosa stuff, the Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara stuff. We're going to talk about uh, uh, um, uh, Mox and, and, and CM Punk, the CM Punk d- d- ed- 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 drama. We're talking about Johnny Gargano as well. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. So we're leading in tonight with uh, the uh, AEW Dynamite review on the Weekly Wrestling Inspection. You know what? DGM's in the chat. Goldberg versus Tim Storm actually has something to it. That has some teeth. There's something there. As long as they don't try to lift each other too much and, you know, accidentally drop each other on their heads. I, 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 for real, though, I agree there's something there's something to this idea of Bill Goldberg versus Tim Storm that I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not turned off about. Good call. So let's start right off the bat this week with the AEW Dynamite recap slash review. Uh, which I usually do at the end of the show. But since everything ties in, <laughs> everything ties in to, to Dynamite, might as well go with it and then we'll just tackle the topics as we get there. How about that? We're going to start the show with the same way Dynamite started, with the with the promo. Now, okay, so if you are anything, it, it, you know, if you're even remotely close to my pet peeves in pro wrestling you know that one of them one of the one of the top ones is sitting down to watch a wrestling show and then having it start for some reason with uh, with a promo segment as opposed to a wrestling match and i've hammered it multiple 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 times right uh the the idea of having um the, the idea of starting with it with with a promo when i should be getting wrestling Isn't exactly, uh, to me it's counterintuitive. It's counterproductive. Sit. I sit down in front of my TV, give me an exciting match. And one of the good things about Dynamite is that they have this routine. They have a tradition, right? Where they start off, they start off with a hot match, they finish with a hot match. And instead we get fucking Chris Jericho coming to the ring. Now, this is what? The second week in a row, third week in a row, second week in a row. Where we start with a promo. there will always be exceptions to this rule right there will always be exceptions when there is something very important that has to be conveyed from the get-go with a promo i can understand it especially if it has an incidence on the rest of the show or like last week you know the opening promo was so very important so i was like okay you know i i get that I will defer oftentimes to when John Moxley returned from, came back from rehab. That's the first thing they had him do, jump in the ring, cut a promo. It makes sense. CM Punk comes back. First thing he does is cut a promo. You start with that. I mean, there are legitimate reasons to start with it. Now, Chris Jericho starting Dynamite to chat with Daniel Garcia is not exactly crucial information that I feel I need to have covered from the onset of the first quarter hour. Does that make sense? Don't get me wrong and I'm going to talk about it. I thought the segment was very good. But I don't think we needed it straight out the gate. It was a little weird to me. I legitimately think you could have switched the Lethal Dax match with the with the, the the opening promo and no harm would have befallen anything, I don't think that the Garcia angle would have been less impactful. I think this was just yeah, I you know it, I look it's a question of taste at this point, right? <clears throat> but I've become adverse to opening promos. Because of... Absolutely because of WWE. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. It is absolutely because of WWE. Spending all these years... Starting with 8, 9, 10 minute promos... Every fucking week. Every fucking show.
1: Because there's two, 2 to 3 shows a week. But it's okay. You know.
0: Criticism. That's a criticism. I didn't like it. I don't like it. They... I was like, maybe, you know, I'm hoping Chris Jericho has something earth shattering to announce us, you know, but no, he's got nothing. He's just like, I want Daniel Garcia to apologize. I'm like, why are we starting with this? Anyway, uh, he hits the ring and he that is, and you know, he asks Garcia to apologize to him, you know, when Garcia hits the ring as well. And Garcia comes out with the Dragon Slayer graphics, not the JAS thing and And the audience chants what they were chanting to Daniel Garcia in that extraordinary match of the year that he had last week with Brian Danielson. They were chanting, what? You're a wrestler. They're into it. This angle is connecting. Garcia's connecting. He says, uh, Garcia tells Jericho that the match that he had with Danielson last week was the kind of match he always dreamt of having as he was watching TV as a kid in Buffalo with his mom. And when Brian stuck out his hand and asked for him uh, asked for some uh, asked him for some respect, right? He didn't care if people called him a sports entertainer or a wrestler. All he cared about right then and there was uh was for for that moment for his hero to shake his hand. And Jericho, this is what Daniel uh Daniel Garcia said, Jericho ruined that moment for him. Jericho says he's sorry. Uh, he's, sorry, he's sorry Garcia feels that way, which is, you know, not an apology uh, But uh, he says there'll be tons of moments like that Because he is the greatest technical sports entertainer in the world And deep down inside, Dan Garcia knows he's a sports entertainer And Jericho starts to egg him on, he says, I want you to say it say it say you're a sports entertainer Brian Danielson comes out he has a microphone and he says look you've got your mentor uh, uh Chris Jericho here uh, uh telling you that um uh, you know bullying you into saying that you're a sports entertainer and uh and that he you know he loved the match they put on last week he respects Dan Garcia and and you know everyone here in the audience agrees that Daniel Garcia is a wrestler. Garcia is clearly confused, like he is the, you know, mom and dad are having a divorce, and you know, they're asking him to pick, and he doesn't know what to do, um, and Jericho keeps insisting, and he, he shoves Jericho to the mat, right, and this leads, so he leaves, this leads to a face-off between Jericho and Danielson, um, uh, Danielson says that he's not the biggest fan of sports entertainment, but this was pretty sports entertaining. Uh, Jericho is annoyed when people say that Danielson is the greatest wrestler in the world today because uh, you know when they talk about Chris Jericho, they talk about how great he is at reinvention, keeping himself relevant, so on and so forth. But he's the last survivor of Stu Hearts Dungeon. This is, I guess, is one of his new one of the new arrows that he has in his quiver. And he remembers every hold he's been taught, and he's forgotten more about wrestling than Daniel uh, Brian Danielson will ever remember. Danielson asks him if he were able to ask Stu Hart or Owen Hart, which of the which of the two between he and Jericho are better. What would they say? This you know, of course, it's the ooh, I can't believe he went there kind of thing. Um. And uh, 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 so, so basically, uh, this all ends up to Danielson challenging uh, Jericho to a match: American Dragon versus the Lionheart, Jake Hager. You know the uh, you know I keep you know the, the the wrestler that everyone keeps telling me that has improved significantly uh, hits the ring from behind, attacks Danielson, um, they uh, they beat him up, but uh, this sets up a match for next week against uh, Hager before going into the Peep. Per view. Um, I thought this segment was very good. I thought the segment was very, very good. I thought it was really well put together. Um, and here's what I liked about it. I think on top of everything. When Jericho came out and Garcia came out, and Jericho was like, okay, you know, this is what we're doing, you know, and I want you to apologize. Apologize to me, apologize, damn it. You know, I'm like all right, Garcia's turning. He's gonna turn against. Uh, he's gonna turn against our boy here, and that'll be the thing. We'll be good. Garcia, uh, BCC bound. Uh, here we go. But when Danielson came out, that threw a little wrench in the plan because then we're like, okay, this could be a setup. This, you know, uh, this could this could be entirely a setup, which which it wasn't. But still, what it turned out to be was a segment that has no clear answer for Daniel Garcia. We don't know where he stands. So he could full-on go BCC, or he could uh, end up screwing over Brian Danielson and staying with the JAS, right? Like, it legitimately can go either way at this point, and that's what I like about this angle. This is what I like about it. This is how I like how it finished, is that we're going to go into all-out, uh, in this match for the custody of daniel garcia
1: <laughs> and,
0: but <clears throat> we're gonna go into this match at all out and and garcia is legitimately going to be the uh the wild card here we don't know what he's going to do he is he is he going to go with his hero or his mentor i think look and it, simple basic story that took two weeks for us to get the full uh to get the full range on we needed the match last week to set up the stakes this week, and for Danielson to be like, you know what, Jericho, you you're, you get on my nerves, and Jericho's like, you know what, you get on my nerves too. There you go, I like it. I really, really like this angle. I'm gonna tell you something that I don't like as much. That 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 that, that that's it was grading me a little bit, but now it's full on grading me. Um, the, when Jericho was fighting with, with, was feuding with Eddie Kingston, right? Remember what Kingston had asked for, uh, from Jericho for their last match, right? He said, you know, I don't want the sports entertainer, you know, I want, I want the last survivor of Stu Hart's dungeon, I want the Lionheart, I want the, uh, you know, I want the, 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 uh the uh, uh the new Japan Cup winner like I want this is the guy I want I want the guy to come in and and just tear everything everything down the guy this is the Chris Jericho I want right and then Chris Jericho's like yeah okay and then he comes out and then he Jericho for his match with moxley sort of channels that energy as well because moxley makes the same request so I'm like Okay, but Chris Jericho's the sports entertainer. Like that's his thing. That's the whole thing behind his his stable, his gimmick right now is that he's not a wrestler. He's a sports entertainer. But he's going around and he, you know, he, in his match with 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 um Mosley, he was full on throwback. He had the ponytail. He did the thing, and and he was wrestling like the Lionheart. You know, so I'm like, okay. Um, And now we're doing this again Where we're bringing back Stu you bring back Stu Hart And it's the Lionheart Chris Jericho Versus the American Dragon And I'm like Jericho's having it two both ways here He's having it both ways With his wrestling character right now And I don't dig it You know If anything If he was truly a sports entertainer And if he really wanted to generate the heel heat And if he really wanted to piss people off He'd be like Oh you want the Lionheart Well that's not what you're going to get because the Lionheart is dead and it only lives in the minds of you marks out there who sit around watching, you know, my old tapes instead of living in the present or something like that, you know. Instead, he's doing this. He's, you know, getting the best of both worlds. He's calling himself a sports entertainer on one hand, but then he can be goaded into being a wrestler when there was a whole feud. A few months ago, it was like sports entertainers are better than wrestlers. So why would he want to go back? Like, you know, he was, you know, he could be standing there saying, I was making no money as the Lionheart. I am Chris Jericho, sports entertainer, and I am rich as hell. You know, kind of thing. So it's, it irks me because it goes both ways. Because he, he, he dips, he dips in both sauces when he should stick to one. You know, he doubled, it's not like double dipping. Is it like double dipping? Because double dipping is kind of like when you, you know, when there's one dip for everyone and you have, like you have a you know, crudités, you know, which by the way, the crudités is very fashionable. Uh, I hear these days. And, uh, you know, you have a big plate of crudités and you have like a, I don't know, like a ranch dip in the middle or something with blue cheese or, and and, and you know, if you take like a baby carrot and then you dip it in there. And you take a bite, nom, 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 and you still have some baby carrot left. And then if you go back and you dip, you dip in there. That's double dipping, right? And that's kind of gross. You're not supposed to double dip because then, because you're, you know, you bit into the carrot and you're putting your 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 your, your mouth juice into the dip for everyone to go and, and 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 screw around with. And that's not cool. You shouldn't do that. It's unsanitary, especially in in, in these COVID times. Uh, don't do that shit. Why am I talking about double dipping? Yes, because Chris Jericho is double dipping like this. Well, yeah, so I think the analogy is okay. I think the analogy is okay. Because he's going in as a sports entertainer, but then whoops, sport sports entertainer, munch, munch, munch. Oh, but I'm also a wrestler, munch, munch, munch. Like it doesn't, work, and it just poisons the, it, it poisons the dip. It poisons the ranch that is the story. The story, see, you see how my analogy is working? The story is the ranch. The pro wrestling story is the ranch, and the angle that Chris Jericho is doing for this
1: story is the carrot that you're double dipping in.
0: Anyway, I didn't care for I didn't, I, I'm not caring for that. I think because I think we're losing we're losing the we're losing the plot. Kind of like kind of like me and my show right now. <laughs> um so there you go. But I I enjoyed the first segment, but there was nothing, I feel there was nothing, you know, earth shattering that absolutely needed to be settled uh, from the onset. Anyway, want to say hello to Anthony Down Under, who is uh, joining us here tonight. Thank you very much from Down Under. And we've got Matt Ritter of the Smacking It Raw podcast who's here as well. He's going to keep everyone, he's going to keep everyone under control. Then after all of this, we had our first match where Jay Lethal defeated Dax Harwood. I thought this was a this was a a, a, a solid pro wrestling match that really picked up after the commercial. I think we got we got a real another really solid wrestling display from Dax the Axe Harwood, um, and uh, you know Lethal did what Lethal does. You know, <laughs> not, not not a big fan, but you know he. Worked the leg throughout the match, you know, with dragon screws, working into figure fours as well. Uh, Dax hits a slingshot Liger bomb. And he, there's this really dope series of reversals between them both that ends with Dax hitting a springboard body press off of the second rope turnbuckle, which was like, wow, okay. So, you know, Dax going in there and uh, and uh, adding some more offense, some more moves to his... Um, to his repertoire, surprising us a little bit here. So I like that. Um, not, that they, not that he never flies, but you know, I wasn't expecting uh, such a smooth transition here. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but uh, this all comes to an end when Lethal uses the tights to reverse a roll-up into a roll-up. So this was all a, a match made to build some heat for their trios Match that is going to happen at All Out, um, FTR and Wardlow taking on uh, taking on uh, Jay Lethal and everyone was expecting right. I mean, it felt it was kind of like by default. Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh, who being the three that would be facing off the babyfaces right. But Sanjay Dutt came out, who I really like. I enjoy the work of Sanjay Dutt. I really do. I think he's a good addition as an on screen talent. I think he's great, actually. Sanjay Dutt announces that uh, the other two members are not going to be himself and Satnam Singh. Who? But it will be the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley, keeping that forbidden door between uh, 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 Impact and um, uh, 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 AEW wide open. And look, I've got nothing bad to say about this. Nothing, and it's crazy how this level of news is being lost in the entire shuffle. Because this, this is this turn. This is about to turn up. FTR and the Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns is a match that everyone wants to see because these are two fantastic teams. Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns are just one of these. One of these that have been around forever. Alex Shelley is you know he's one of these wrestling uh marvels so i'm excited for this match now officially this is one of the one of the matches on um on all out that i'm excited for yeah thunder rose is there she's not doing well and she's uh she's she's crying she's uh, and she says that she's she's injured she's hurt and she has to step down from being AEW's wor- women's world champion uh, so she will not be defending the title at uh, All Out, and she she mentions that she hopes Tony Storm wins the interim title. So we've got the we we're getting an interim title for the women's title instead of just stripping. Uh, and she promises that she'll come back bigger, better, badder, stronger. Um, so went that uh, Daft Punk song, right? So let's start breaking this down a little bit because. As you know, there's a there's a few things to go down here. There's a few things there's a few things we we need to talk about. First and foremost, the interim title is going to be this is going to be uh, uh, selected, uh, fought for, not defended, but uh, uh, won. <laughs> at uh, uh, at all out, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and Hikaru Shida are going to be the ladies competing for it and uh that's going to rule like this is a just th- this is a great this is a great title uh, match this is a this is a great uh this is a great addition to uh this is a great addition to the uh, uh to the to the card i've got nothing bad to say about it I think I, I think it's a combination of four fantastic women and, and the match is gonna rule. I have no problems with it. Now outside of this, once this sort of happened, when this happened, there were reports that started going around uh the the the, the, the stuff going around the up and down here in regards uh, to Thunder Rosa and her standing within the uh, the women's division, coming from the, the, the flagship podcast specifically, they were saying a number of things in regards to uh, Thunder Rosa and her title and her status backstage. They outright said that she and Britt Baker have a lot of heat, heat that's been stemming for a while now at this point, and that... Rosa also has heat with Jamie Hader, specifically like they mentioned specifically the idea uh specifically the idea of her uh of Thunder Rosa breaking her nose right which is something that you'd assume that you'd be pissed off at someone if they you know sloppied it up and bro- broke your nose so absolutely they also added so and and, and this caused a lot of stress. There's a lot. There's a lot of tension backstage in the women's division, uh, and um, this led to also a couple of extra details here. One which I feel I feel is unnecessary, and for the record, I'm just gonna put it out there. But you know, one that said that Thunder Rosa was hiding in a bathroom stall after the match where uh, where uh, Jamie Hayter got injured. That she was hiding out of fear of being beat up. Which I'm like, okay. Regardless of whether it's true or not, I that's. I, you know that's unnecessary. That's that's some that's some weird information to leak. You, you, you know, often I'll tell you guys, in you know, news like this, gossip, whatever you want to call it, when it gets when it gets leaked to uh to the to the news sites, it's always because someone has an agenda slash axe to grind in some circumstances, right? Nothing, no one leaks anything if everyone's happy. Right. That's why there were there was no news ever coming out backstage from the first what like 18 months of AEW. I am probably even into two years. We'd have to we'd have to research here. But I'm pretty confident in saying within the first 18 months of AEW, ah, you didn't hear much, right? You really didn't hear much. You didn't hear anything. Because everyone is happy. You know, it's the new promotion. It's the honeymoon period. Everyone now starting to feel like a like a wrestling promotion. And uh people are starting to leak stuff to you know get back at people. So the heat, that's interesting. You know, with Thunder and 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 Brit and Jamie Hayter, but Thunder Rosa going to hide in the in, in the bathroom stall it that just seems petty. That seems useless and pointless. There's no there's nothing nothing of value there, and it's it really just feels like someone just adding a little just you know adding a little twist to the knife. Says, by the way, she's a coward. You know, it's,
1: I don't know. I don't know. And there was also the
0: rumor going around that uh, Thunder Rosa uh, said she was injured, but she's not. And that they're using this angle to take her away from TV to let things cool down. ...and have this match set up instead. So. um, So, uh, uh, the... Uh, but, 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 but... PW Insider today confirmed... Uh, and I'll read the, the, the exact report from their website. PW PWI Insider confirmed that the nature of Thunder Rosa's injury... ...is indeed a disc issue in her back... We were told it was something that she's been trying to work through as of late. There was no timetable for her return. Um, so this is something I, I I think we slightly heard about months ago. Probably after she you know she uh, she lost the um, after she she uh, she won the title. There were reports coming out saying that she had worked injured and so on and so on, that she's working through an injury. Maybe she just got to a point where she can't do it anymore, where she has to take the time off, right? Um, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Anyway, so, you know, uh, PW Insider confirmed it, and, I, you know, I think, you know, like Sean Ross Sapp, and everyone sort of jumped in as, a, yes, we can confirm that she is indeed legitimately injured. Which, uh... The opposite would have been a little strange, you know. Um, but look, it sucks. It, it really, really does suck that Thunder Rosa is... Um, that Thunder Rosa has to take time off to deal with an injury. You know, my stance is always the same when it comes to wrestlers being injured. I think it stinks. Uh, I want wrestlers to be able to have long, healthy careers... Uh, doing this insane form of entertainment for me um, So when they have to take time off uh, And uh, rehabilitate, get healthy again That stinks Because it really does stymie a career Especially when you are the AEW Women's Champion Something that you've been working hard for And, um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, it, it, It's kind of like a thing, right? that that you don't want to see happen that's what I'm trying to say good 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 job with words Warren um so so we hope she gets back on track we hope she you know takes the time that she needs and then when she comes back she's back and better and uh and that will continue you know i will will we'll, we'll always have her back here but you know the you know the heat situation here look i don't know because we have you know uh, I want to say hi to Retroid Josh who's in the chat. Nice to see you and welcome. You know he pulls up a point you know about you know no no one ever uh, substantiating the the flagship rooms isn't that's fine yeah. the um, The thing that that that's that I want to talk about as opposed to whether or not Thunder Rosa is you know uh, throwing her weight around. You no, know, uh, I've heard that Brit that Britt Baker is you know kind of queen bee in the women's locker room. She feels it's hers, it's her spot. And this is, look, it's something that happens in wrestling and in most sports locker rooms as well, right? You're going to get a locker room leader. You're going to get someone who's going to be like the, you know, the 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 pivotal anchor. You don't pivot around anchors. B- bad example. B- bad choice of words. You don't pivot with anchors. But, th- you know, the point is that you will have someone who will be de facto like the, the the locker room leader and you know i've heard that you know Britt considers this it's her space it's her division when she goes on tv and says the this is my division the women's division is mine uh i sincerely believe that she believes that you know that she's that that's her investment in it because she is the centerpiece she has been the centerpiece for the women's division uh Ever since she did the heel turn, it's been hers. Now, Thunder Rosa comes in. She also has a reputation of uh being confrontational. I don't want to say, and let's be let's be clear here. I'm not saying that she's a bully, I'm not saying she throws her weight around, but confrontational, right? Uh and and this is an environment in pro wrestling in general where people normally are. And I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. Everyone in this business has an ego. Your favorites have an ego. They all do cuz if they don't, they're not going to make it in the business. They're not if they if they don't fight and claw, when they say fighting and clawing for everything they have, you know in promos and stuff like that, it's not always a question of It's not always a question of kayfabe and fighting kayfabe it's often backstage and doing things to make sure that your that your job is secure your position is secure that yes you play the politics game and so on and so forth that that's the kind of stuff that happens now in in the case of in the case of thunder rosa i'm not saying that i'm not i'm not saying this to try and 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 paint a picture that she's that she's a terrible person au contraire because she gives a lot of her time to charity she believes in women's wrestling like she she does a lot for wrestling women's wrestling specifically but i would not be surprised that she and Britt baker butt heads Britt baker's been there from the start and we're hearing a lot of that right the ogs versus the people coming in trying to take their spots right we've hear, we've heard a lot of that we hear it a lot on the on the on, on the guy's side why would it be so unthinkable on the women's side I don't think it's improbable that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa have heat. I don't think it's improbable. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's improbable to get to this to get to this point here, where these two highly competitive women, who know on top of that that in the AEW Women's Division the spots are limited. Like you guys know how the AEW Women's Division is booked. Right, you you're not blind to this. You see how it goes, right? Uh, I talk about it sometimes, so we know that the spots for top women in this company is so very limited. Everyone's jockeying for this. Don't think that they're, everyone's not competing with each other. AEW created this this this. I don't want to say AEW. I apologize. A a a a strong segment. Of AEW fans created this this perfect world of AEW, where everything is 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 you know rainbows and cookies, and everyone you know sits around in in a in a sewing circle at the end of every show, and they share their feelings, you know, and everyone's like looking out for each other, and I'm like, look, maybe. At, Maybe from the get go, maybe the first few months in, you know, everyone's excited. They're like, "Yes, thank God we're not working for Vince. Let's make this work," kind of thing. Uh, I, you know, probably I'm sure, you know. But then you start adding more people, and you start adding people who are coming from WWE and who are disenfranchised, and they want to be able to to wrestle and do what they want to do as well. But they already ha- there's already people there who are doing what they want to do because they don't want to go wrestle at WWE because Vince is still there. So now. You're starting to get these confrontations, these frictions. It's starting to turn into, guess what? Guess what it's starting to turn into? It's starting to turn into a, a wrestling locker room. And it's never been a big, happy family. It's a business. It's a business where you have your co-workers there. And you will disagree with your co-workers. And there'll probably be people in your department jockeying for your position. And, and, and you'll be like, oh, this, this son of a bitch is coming for me you know that not necessarily for me but for my spot these things happen and they they particularly happen in pro wrestling so i feel like there's a there's an entire subset of fans out there who are shattered at the fact or who do, don't want to accept that there are people in aew that don't get along Like, I, and i know they exist i know they exist you want to know why i know they exist because when CM Punk, a year ago, came to, to AEW, I remember one of the first talking points I had is like, this is weird. And I, talking points here, putting it out on Twitter. One of the talking points I had was, uh, this is weird. How is, how is this going to be handled with Colt Cabana? Right? I don't want to go through the history of the lawsuits with Colt and the you know the the, the 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 lawyer payment that that Phil never followed through on. You can Google all of that stuff if you don't know what I'm talking about. Search Colt Cabana CM Punk lawsuit. Okay, and I'm talking about that. And there are people telling me legitimately telling me a year ago. Well, you know AEW is different. You know, I you know I I think. You know, hopefully, Colt Cabana and CM Punk will be able to let bygones be bygones and will be able to work together. You know, I'm convinced Tony Khan will be able to help them find common ground. I'm like, yo! CM Punk owes, uh, owes Colt Cabana thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. He almost ruined them financially. This is not something that you sit around. You sit around a table with some ice cream, and you and you hash it out. This is, there is there are legal implications here. There there is an element of life ruination. I was like, they're not going to fix this. This is going to be weird. The locker room is going to suffer for this. And look what happened. Cold Cabana gets first of all. This is what we heard right. The report. The rumor. That Tony was going to let Colt Cabana's contract run out until the Bucks stepped in and made a case to Tony to keep him on the Ring of Honor.
1: Why? Well, because he had big time CM Phil. So, I'm, all of this to try and tell you
0: that you know there's a difference between saying I don't want to believe that there's heat versus there might be heat because I'm going to tell you the odds that there is some some sort of friction, even if it is tiny, even if it's small, is much more probable than the opposite because that's pro wrestling. They all know this is how the business has been conducted for years, decades. And don't fool yourself. It's the same way in WWE. It's the same way. And if anything, wrestlers in WWE are just better politicians
1: about it. So there's no more, there's no more fireside uh, sing-alongs in w in
0: aew they, that that time is gone if there if it was ever there it's gone and i hope i'm not popping too many bubbles of any ultra aw fans that are listening right now but this is normal and there's nothing to be ashamed of and on top of that get excited for it because you know what it's gonna make the product better it's going to make... Because everything that happens backstage will eventually make its way on TV in one form or another. I'm not saying necessarily like an angle. I'm not saying that they're... Oh, they're going to do a work shoot warrant. Is that what you're saying? No. That What I'm saying is that eventually these things have a tendency to end up on TV in one form or another and can be perfectly in kayfabe. But it helps. It enhances. It makes it better. And we're not... Thriving off the misery of people. That's not it either. These are people who are playing the game of pro wrestling. They know what they're doing. It's fine. So if Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa have some heat, let them have heat. And let's see Let's see what kind of match they can have when Thunder Rosa comes back. Let's, let's see how this can go. Let's see how this can go. I mean, and I'm with you on the the bathroom stall stuff and the, you know, and like, uh, this is, like, it's regardless of whether it's true or not, that's bullshit. That that doesn't, uh, that doesn't, uh, uh, um, this, you know, this isn't, it's not pertinent. It's not relevant to what we're saying here. It adds nothing. And in fact, it just, it's just character assassination at this point. This is just like putting stuff out there. It's, you know, it's like when WWE releases someone and then suddenly you start hearing the reports of, oh, they were difficult to work with. Difficult to work with is the death knell in wrestling media PR for any wrestler because you don't want to be branded that. But I'll, I, I told you once, I'll tell you a thousand times, folks. Your favorite wrestler is difficult to work with. The most famous wrestlers in, on the planet of all history from, from the beginning of time have been difficult to work with. It's just that simple. And being difficult to work with with one person doesn't necessarily mean that it's difficult to work with with 17 others. You just need to piss off that one right person, right? That's all you need to do. You piss off one person, now that person's difficult to work with. And, that, and you're done, you know. Next, we had... Um, uh, the singles match: Colton Gunn defeated his um, uh, his dad. Now, look, I know, I know. There's a ton of you listening, watching right now, and people in the Discord and in the live chat right now that absolutely love um, this, the Gun Club um, acclaim stuff, and I'm glad. I'm glad this was for you Because it wasn't for me And I'm surprised that this is That this is a I'm I'm really surprised That this is a Flagship angle That runs on Wednesday nights Because this is very sports entertaining It's always been And it doesn't do it for me But As I'm seeing The pattern now, as I'm seeing how this is playing out, har har har. This was clearly to get the acclaimed over. Tony wants the acclaimed to get over. Well, you're not gonna get over if you keep him on 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 Rampage every night. And it kind of breaks my heart to start talking about this, right? To be to be there at the uh, to be at this at this moment where we have to start talking about Rampage as the B show, because don't kid yourselves. Don't kid yourselves. The only time Rampage is really good is when it's a live show. When it live Rampage, I will not miss. But anything that's taped, the Friday Rampage is the B show. And it's become it's become the Thursday Night Thunder of of uh of AEW. And it's something we all kind of feared. That we were like, look, but you know, and everyone was like, oh, but If Tony keeps a good focus on it, well, Tony doesn't, Tony has barely, has barely proper focus on his, on his main show sometimes. I mean, Rampage is the B-Show, we have to stop kidding each other,
1: we have to stop, we have to stop pretending, we really do. But look! Look! Um,
0: whatever happened here? Uh, Colton hits the cold forty-five. He beats uh, Billy Gunn. Post match, Stokely Hathaway is there, and he gives the the guns his uh, his card. And uh, then they attack Billy Gunn. And then the acclaimed come out to save him. And then a little later on, then they show the acclaimed, And then oh, and then uh, uh, swerving their glory. Uh, uh, um, Keith Lee and uh, Swerve Strickland come to the ring to fend off the the villains, the heels, and um, and swerving sort of their glory. <coughs> a little later on, they have a uh, uh, they I mean them and 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 the acclaimed have a a segment where they go where they basically you know set up a match for All Out. That's fine. Again. I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's people out there who are very excited about this match. And, you know, out of... and I will tell you this, you know, because I do see what they're trying to do here. This is uh, Max Casters and Anthony Bowen's time to shine. These are guys that were brought in as, uh, as prelim guys. And that's all they were. They were, you know, enhancement dudes who were just there to eat the pins... Uh, be obnoxious, uh, entry level heels that everyone else would 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 destroy to the delight of the crowd. Then the acclaim started getting itself over. I think for for very normal for for very uh, uh, conspicuous reasons. You know, I think they have a good act being you know the new incarnation of the New Age Outlaws. Uh, I think that uh, uh, Max Castor is very charismatic. Uh, and uh, and I love Anthony Bowens. I think Anthony Bowens has a lot of upside. So this is clearly this is their spot where the Booker turns to them and is like, "Boys, you know, you did everything I asked for you to do. You guys are good. I enjoy what you do. You're uh, you're reliable. You're great wrestlers. Plus, you're getting over. I'm giving you um, I'm giving you a spot at on the on the, uh, the pay per view." So I get it, don't get me wrong, I understand, I understand why I do it, and if anything, I'm very, 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 very happy for this trajectory for uh, the uh, for the acclaim, because this is the kind of thing that gets lost in the shuffle of all the discussions over, uh, you know, poor booking and, you know, short-term vision when it comes to storytelling, so on and so forth. This might not be storytelling, but this is, this is good old-fashioned booking here. This is how you build up someone, and then at some point, you're like, well, look, these guys that I had as jobbers are getting themselves over. Let's give them a shot. Let's see what they can do. And knowing both of those dudes, uh, they're just going to they're, they're, they're sink their teeth into the match. They're going to look like a million bucks. What are you even talking about? They're going to do everything they can. And they should. It's going to be a big time opportunity for them. And they know. They both know. I just want, I honestly want more Anthony Bones on my TV wrestling. That's what I want. We get a segment backstage with the United Empire talking with Death Triangle. They're hyping up the match. Then we get Doctor Britt Baker DMD defeating Kylan King. This was a this was a fine. I th- I thought it was a fine showcase for Kylan King, right? Like Britt did what she had to do, and she, she I think she was generous enough with her. I don't think it was the the moment for Britt to really be like the heel in trouble, and then pop out a surprise win at the end no like um, you know, she's going into a, a big time match she has to remind everyone that she's a former champion she should be able to put kailyn king away but i thought that kailyn was, was she was given stuff here she she was given time time to shine and, and and look you know here's here's a woman who was early on right in the uh in the dark um environment of of uh of AEW and I'm uh, talking about the YouTube show specifically and she was on like we'd see her regularly she was even you know uh a year ago she was representing AEW with Red Velvet at the Empower pay-per-view over uh, uh, uh offered offered so generously up to us from William Patrick Corgan and uh and i thought she looked she looked i thought she looked even better than her tony storm match last week probably she got you know she got the nerves out and you know she she felt a little more at ease hometown crowd of course that kind of stuff helps but she felt i think she looked good in this match so this is someone was like you know AEW goes no you know what we're yeah we're we're not gonna we're not gonna keep you on contract well we'll you know let's talk again in a year or so let's see how you're doing and what does she do she hits the indies hard she just go 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 goes right she just goes hard and uh, uh works for nwa you know she calls up william patrick corgan and she says hey thank you so much for giving us so generously in power last <laughs> and, and 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 she works for them as well so she's getting experience she comes back she's Uh, So she's got a a year Working matches Right and left With a ton With a ton of people Across the country Good for her Because it shows Goes back into the wild Comes back Looking more confident Stronger Good striking game By both women here Roundhouse kick And a German by uh, Britt Baker Big slam by uh, uh, Kylan King But of course Stomp Lockjaw Get the win For um, For our girl The dentist The DMD uh, and the crowd and I'm glad she leaned into the the crowd that was chanting like Pittsburgh sucks and says, so, I'm glad she leaned into it. And I was because I was shouting on my TV, I was like, lean more into it, Britt. Go! Don't be a cool heel. Be a jerk. After the match, Britt cuts a promo on the baby faces of the four-way. Tony Storms comes Storm comes out. She gets blindsided by Jamie Hayter, Hikarushida then comes out with a kendo stick. Chases off the babyface. The heels, excuse me. AEW world title, interim title, unification match. John Moxley defeated CM Punk to become the undisputed AEW world heavyweight champion. For the second time in under three minutes.
1: What the hell is going on? What happened?
0: What is this? (laughs) Guys, when I tell you about chaos in wrestling, how much fun it is, I popped out of my seat.
1: It was amazing. They fight. The fight
0: starts, and CM Punk goes for a roundhouse kick, and and he plants his surgically repaired left foot to do to to spin to deliver the kick. He's using his right foot to kick, but he's planting his left. He spins. He hits. He lands the kick, but collapses on himself. And he start. He's tugging at the he's at the ankle. He's go ow. Oh, I am an injured man. My food, it is in the hurts. What does John Moxley do? He doesn't come around, pat him on the back and say, let's try again next week. No, he beats the shit out of him. Delivers two Death Riders. Pins him in, according to Cage Match, two minutes and 59 seconds. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have pivoted on the anchor.
1: There, See? Don't. <laughs> but that's the point. Is that so?
0: And this is where we're at. And everyone, everyone is, everyone does. No one knows how to react. Well, we're all, you know, we're excited because we're like, "Great, John Moxley, champion, second time, second champion." They're like, you know, everyone loves John Moxley. I think. I think you know, I I, I think really people. Sour pusses don't like John Moxley. It's the sour pusses who don't like him. And I don't hang out with sour pusses. But, so everyone, you know, the crowd is like, you know, everyone is befuddled. We just had a championship match in three minutes. And then, of course, you know, it's like, oh, I hope Sam Punk is okay. Of course he's okay. Don't worry. He's fine. He's fine. The gentleman is a worker. And he is, he's... He's a hell of a worker. trust me And this is where we're at. So now obviously obviously here the question that we have is what's next, right? What are we doing what are we doing moving forward because I you know I I expounded on my my theory last week, right? We talked about it, Ooh, and I was like, yeah. "MJF is gonna show up, and 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 he's gonna cost Punk the match because there's no bigger match that AEW has in its pocket right now that they can just flip out of a John Moxley uh, CM Punk rematch than CM Punk versus uh, versus uh, MJF. I like it's legitimately the biggest match that they can that they can just flick on without any build, and people will be like, "Let's fucking go! You don't have to build this." You just have to do it. So I'm cool with this. But that doesn't happen at all. <laughs> it doesn't happen even remotely as, as I thought it was going to happen. We get a new champion. And we still don't have a main event for All Out. According to Dave Meltzer, upstart journalist in the world of wrestling media that perhaps you've heard of. He says here, and I'm reading the article off of the uh, Figure Four Online website. An AEW world title rematch between unified champion Jon Moxley and former champion CM Punk is the main event for next Sunday's All Oot. Speaking at the beginning of the post-Dynamite Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer said the rematch is the main event, but isn't sure if they're adding stipulations or when they'll announce it. He, is then, he then urged the company to announce the match as soon as possible while also conceding that the decision to buy pay-per-views is usually a last-minute one, which is something that I also sincerely believe in. I don't necessarily believe in. Months of build, most people decide to buy a pape on the same day because it can just boil down to, oh, grandma's here. I guess I won't be watching it. AK <laughs> Germany 96 left a super chat. <laughs> Thank you very much. He says, poor Moxley didn't even have time to bleed. No, he just like <laughs> That was, that was <laughs> did, that's how you know it was a short match. And it's a really short match because some sometimes Moxley just bleeds out the get go, right? So he broke the streak. He broke he broke his 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 streak of, of matches that that he bled in. Oh, brother, thank you very much, AK Germany for the super chat. Now, so so I'm a little shocked at this. I'm not going to lie because I, I question, but look, I question the idea of going straight back, running this again two weeks after. But we you know, we, we didn't get a match effectively. This was not a match. The, these dudes didn't fight this led into this was a 3 minute angle that we got you know so it's not like i'm okay with the if look if we had had a 15 minute 20 minute match on dynamite and then we're running it again 2 weeks later then i'd be like mm, don't know it's a little weird i'm not sure about it but uh uh, you know i wouldn't i wouldn't you know get um i wouldn't get nervous around this because there was no match so we're we're basically starting from fresh right i think we're i think we're starting anew and i think that's fine um i'm telling you right now okay we're you know i'm gonna talk more about all out next week I'm gonna do a preview show with one Matt Ritter from the Smackin' It Raw podcast I'm excited because Matt and I don't always agree when it comes to pro wrestling and I like that and I think it's gonna make for a compelling and I like Matt a lot don't get me wrong it's not like this son of a bitch no imagine that two people who have different opinions about pro wrestling and can still get along imagine that we agree on a lot of stuff but there's some very key metrics in which Matt and I disagree. So keep an eye out for that. That's going to be a fun prediction, show and I'm excited to share that with y'all. And I'm excited to have Matt on to do it. Um, but uh, so I will be talking more about this, uh, about this, but especially when it comes to pay-per-view buys, right? And so on and so forth. Because you know what's happening right now, probably, exactly. You know, there's the weirdo podcasts out there. There's the weirdo uh, 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 pundits out there, you know, all the same gang, who have been telling you, you know, who who told us all that Forbidden Door was going to fail. You remember those, right? That said that, you know, it's not going to crack 90,000 buys. Uh, This is a disaster. No one knows who is on the show. It's going to be a complete, uh, it's going to be a complete shit show, right? When it turned out to be an absolutely excellent show that did fantastic business. You know who I'm talking about. There's a bunch of people out there. Maybe there's maybe you think I'm talking about a certain person and I don't know who they are, and, and, but there's they're probably out there t- telling you all that all out is going to fail because there's no main event that's been announced so far, and I I am completely in agreement with Dave when he says pay per view buys they mostly all come in on the same day they're all same day affairs even if you're even if you're building you're building you're building you're building you know uh, I you know I don't think there's a metric to show that after a certain angle, there's suddenly a spike in pay-per-view, a significant spike in pay-per-view buys. I don't think so. I think they all come in on the same day. So you really have to the very last day to hype your pay-per-view. That being said, I think the build to All Out has been a mess. And I think it's been a mess for numerous reasons because of the injuries that plagued AEW. With the top people over the summer, all of these people then deciding to come back, I think that 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 was also that I think that was also a problem. All of these people coming back, just you know, and it's like, well, we now we all have to shoehorn them in into all these things. And honestly, I really feel like Tony Khan was scattered. I feel like on most things, there there wasn't any focus. Not any focus. There was a lack of focus. There were things that were very, very precisely done, whereas the rest was just like a jumble. And I think there's not a better example than that than Rampage right now, where he's filling the show with all sorts of stuff on a 60 minute show and he's not letting anything breathe. And this has been, you know, a criticism from a lot of people, uh, you know, over a, a long period of time that. AEW doesn't leave things breathe. They'll announce something and then we will be next on to the next thing, right? It'll be, we're going to say something happens. Now let's go over here. Now it's kind of like a you know crash TV kind of situation. And as funny as the Excalibur, you know, spouting off the entire next week's uh, card within 15 seconds is, it's also very exhausting to listen to when everything is go, 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 go all the time. Because yeah, AEW doesn't have doesn't let time for things to breathe and i think the all out build right now is suffering from that i do, you know i put a poll up here in the chat that i'm going to close right now and i asked the you know the viewing audience are you excited for all out 2022 40% of the audience uh, 29% of the audience said very 40% of my viewing uh, viewing audience said yes whereas 20% said somewhat 9% not really Right. So there's, look, there's still a significant proportion of people who are excited, and that's good. On my end, I really feel, and again, maybe it's just me in this circumstance, and it could be. I feel like we don't have time to breathe and to let these matches sink in, to let this build sink in. I feel like it's always a go, 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 go situation here. Uh, I feel like he's in a rush to build this, and I think he is in a rush to build this. We just need, you know, we just like to be able to savor our stories a little more. Savor the moments a little more. I think that's, I think that's normal. I think that's normal. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's a terrible thing that's going to spell the doom and gloom of the pay-per-view. I think it's going to do fine. It's going to do very good numbers. Is it going to do as good as last year? Of course not. It's not, it's not, there's no pay-per-view AEW is going to put on for a while that's going to do, as good numbers as the return of CM Punk to professional wrestling. Let's we're all going to be real with ourselves here, okay? But it's still going to do very good. It's still going to be a it's still going to be a very sought after show. Now, um, um, wh- why did I go off on the all out tangent? Yes, that's right. Okay, because we because we were talking about you know rerunning this and and everything. Uh, rerunning the match so soon and buying pay per views till the very last minute. So you know, like technically, technically speaking, I don't have a problem with it, but I do feel that all out this year is coming at you like a freight train, and you're not standing in front of the freight train. You're like on the side of the tracks, and it's just going to and it's coming, and you're like, whoa, and you can't make out what the what the wagons are. You know, you could say, oh, that's that's sugar, that's uh, coal. Those are the giraffes for the circus. You're like you can't really, you can see the giraffes, but you can't. You don't have time to appreciate the giraffes. Does that make sense as an analogy? I feel like my double dipping analogy was better for the uh, yeah. Um, but I guess the point I'm making here is that it, you know there's going to be the doom and gloomers who are going to go, go out there and say. Because there is no main event, this pay-per-view is going to fail. I'm going to say, everyone chill the fuck out. Relax. We don't need we, everything. You know, I don't think it's going to be that big of an impediment. I really don't. It's strange, but I don't think it's it, it's that big of an impediment. But, because I love the chaos. See, I'm tuning in next week on Dynamite again because I want to see how this plays out. I'm excited for next week on Dynamite. Because of the chaos, because it's unpredictable, because I was not expecting a world championship match to go three minutes. I will add a caveat here. This is the this is the thing that we have to keep in mind. AEW is getting away with this because it's the like effectively like the first time that they that they that they put a big-time world championship match with huge stakes, unification, and effectively swerve us into a non-match. This wasn't a match. We're going to be
1: honest with each other. This wasn't a match. So
0: we're, we're, we like it and we're excited because we haven't seen it from AEW before. If this becomes a trend though, if this is something that we start to see more and more, it will become a problem and will suddenly start being very reminiscent. And I know a lot of people hate this and I hate it myself doing WCW comparisons, but that's what it is where you advertise a main event, but you do the bait and switch like this because this is what it was. Bit of a bait and switch. Not as terrible as saying the match is not happening. This is not going to go down. Not that bad. But look, I question the people who bought tickets to see this show. I question if if some of them purchased tickets on the strength of, of knowing that they were going to see CM Punk versus... Uh, 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 John Moxley For a title unification match And they were like Holy shit We're going to be in for a treat If I was in that audience And it's hard for me to say Because I wasn't there Main event was spectacular Don't get me wrong But if I'm If I'm buying a ticket To see this show And WrestleTix Over on their, their Twitter account They released the information On the same day As Dynamite yesterday They re- they opened up Like an extra thousand seats which was significant That's a significant indication That they were expecting a lot of walk-in traffic Meaning That people on the same day were like Bro, you know, I got off work early By the way uh, I just checked my phone and it's CM Punk Versus John Moxley tonight at uh, Whatever the fuck And so they're like, oh yeah Let's buy a couple of tickets and let's go Like, that's why you release tickets On the same day for foot traffic for same day purchases. I'm convinced there are people who are, who bought tickets on the strength of that match alone. And if they were a little annoyed at this, I'm okay with it. I cuz I would probably be a little a little perturbed. I'd be I'd probably be a little annoyed. You know, look, Will Ospreay in the main event was fantastic, do not get me wrong. I love the main event. But I'm also aware that uh, Will Ospreay is uh, he's he's not uh, he's not everybody's speed, right? He's an acquired taste for a lot of folks. So if you're you know if you're there and you're going you're going to see one match and you're like I have to watch Will Osprey wrestle for 20 minutes, nah, man. I can like these are all things I can understand, which is why I'm saying you know I'm I'm being I'm just adding a little a little asterisk to my enjoyment of this situation, I enjoy it, but I don't want it to become a habit, I don't want it to become a thing, because if, because that's the thing, right, is that AEW holds a lot of goodwill amongst its fans, tons of goodwill, because most, because every time it's promised, maybe a couple of side exceptions, every time it's promised surprises, big debuts, so on and so forth, it's delivered, right? It never outright said CM Punk is going to debut at the United Center. They never said it. They implied it, but they never said it. That the United Center was sold out on the promise that CM Punk was going to be there a year ago, and guess what happened? CM Punk showed up a year ago. Unadvertised. Filled up the arena. That, and, and meanwhile... Social media, dropping hints, so on and so forth. Never outright saying that he's going to be there. That's how you build goodwill. You have these big debuts. You said, we have someone big starting next week. Boom. Okay, Maybe one week it's, we have a special big, uh, a big contender to come into this tournament and it turns out it's uh, fucking John Morrison. I don't know. Oh, well, you can't win them all. But most of what you promise us turns out to be Fantastic. And you know what? Following this... Following this, he had Christian Cage who had to cut a promo. And I think it was lost here. It was lost in the confusion and the shuffle. And it, was a, and it was a good promo, don't get me wrong. But it was just like lost in the lost in the desert here. But then after that, Ricky Starks came out. Cut an excellent in-ring promo. Great, fiery promo about friendship. You'll notice... When Ricky Starks frowns, how how hard he goes with his frowning. Oh, Heather, nice to see you, by the way. Sorry. Nice to see you and welcome. Nice to see you again. He frowns so hard that I'm afraid he's going to pull a muscle. Like he he's a very, very intense, determined, fierce frowner. Like, look at me. Like, look, I'm frowning. Saying, oh, well, you don't see much because of the glasses. I'm like, oh. that's nothing next to Ricky Starks. It feels like, you know, he's bringing down a third of his forehead and it's overlapping on itself
1: on top of the bridge of his nose. I'll get to the main event. This is my show.
0: we're getting a mutiny in the chat folks <laughs> um we get john moxley who cuts a, a a wrestling lover's promo that's all i can that's how i'm gonna call it that's how i call it it was a a, a lover of wrestling's promo saying he is professional wrestling he is the guy in this industry and I I I, I would um I, I am remiss to find anyone else who is more representative of pro wrestling in 2022 than he is I I don't know I don't know who. My 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 wrestler of the year list is somewhat short this year. It's not as short as last year. Last year there was one guy. To me, there was one guy, only one guy. This year, there's two. John Moxley's one of them. And now it's time for the main event. You happy now? AEW World Trials Title Tournament first round match. The United Empire Trio of Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, and Will Ospreay defeated Death Triangle, Pac, Penta El Zero Miedo, and Re Fenex. This ruled something hard, something fierce. This was a an incredible television match. Now... I'm going to tell you guys, again, this week, we're spoiled. Spoiled by television wrestling week in and week out. And it thrills me to be able to add WWE to this conversation because the Kevin Owens-Chad Gable match was very good. We're getting quality, quality matches. On a weekly basis. We've been getting them all throughout the history of AEW. And it continued last night with what a lot of people, such as Evan in the chat, is are calling one of the greatest television matches to ever be broadcast. And I will gladly say, ah, I backed that up a little bit, but alright. <laughs> like great. I think I think we can all agree that. That this was a an amazing match. Fantastic. I loved every second of it. And I think it boils down to a question of taste. I will likely remember this match. I will likely remember Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson too from last week much more. And a, and that on that level, it becomes a question of preference. But there is no, no, no way, no way that we cannot sit here and... And say we are starved for good wrestling on television. Because we're not. We're spoiled. Spoiled. Out from the get-go too. Phoenix and Osprey
1: having this fantastic exchange. This amazing back and forth. Everything they did, and 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 the, everything that Osprey did with Pac was
0: so tight, just amazing. And you know what this match reminded all of us—I will include us all in this—reminded us of how fantastic, absolutely fantastic, a pro wrestler Pac is. He is probably the perfect pro wrestler. He looks like a beast. He's he's cut, he's built, he can do the power moves and he can do the aerial and the aerial insanity. I, I think he's he is the perfect pro wrestler. I don't know why the I looked at this match and I'm like what is he doing with the, this with the all Atlantic title just going around fucking OTT de- defending it. Give this guy a run with the
1: main belt. What does Tony not see in him? A double stereo poison Rana spot. Are you kidding me?
0: Ridiculous crucifix bomb by Penton on Kyle Fletcher. Pac hits a German, a German suplex. Will Ospreay gets right back up. Oz cutter. Avalanche brainbuster. Bye back. Did you guys know that Will Ospreay legit has neck issues? You wouldn't know. Huge rolling stunner by Ray Phoenix. He goes for not he, but Will Osprey goes for a Stormbreaker. It's reversed into a Rana, and Pac goes to goes up hit for the Red Arrow, the Black Arrow. Right, I'm sorry. Pac goes for it, but Osprey lifts the legs, and he just landed over the legs, and that did not feel good for Will. Did not feel good for Pac. It didn't feel good for anyone. Destroyer by Penta, pack moon salts to the floor off of the off of the what that like this eight- inch, six-inch round wrestling post, not off the turnbuckle or off the ropes. It's like the size of the
1: meh, this big
0: Kip Sabian interferes. He thinks he's under the, the the he being Pac, He thinks he's under the the, the box, but he's not. It's a, who the hell cares? Someone that got beat up. Kip Sabian attacks POG from behind to set up the match at all out, and this also allows the United Empire to triple team Death Triangle for the win. What a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic main event! Absolutely outstanding. And then what happens? the elite come out and then we get that that juicy juicy uh, uh, Kenny Omega uh, Will Ospreay standoff mm. it's so good and yes i heard the 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 post match promo from Kenny Omega where he's basically deriding Will Ospreay and Will Ospreay all, he's, all he can do is stand there and his boys are holding him back and I love a I love me a good work. Elite versus United Empire next week is going to rule, and this is what I this is what I'm hoping because you know you know Will Ospreay is going to bring it. You know the Jacksons are going to bring it. I'm excited to see how much Osprey uh, Omega is going to bring it in regards to the injury angle that he's running. So we'll let's save that as a talking point next week, but. What I'm really excited for is for Aussie Open to finally get like a real deal opening to shine. And I feel that if they start pairing off with the Bucks, then things are going to get really, really interesting. Because Aussie Open, this is the thing. A lot of us have seen matches from Aussie Open over in in Pro on the British circuit. And anyone who has will tell you these guys are fantastic. They're phenomenal as a tag team. Just absolutely phenomenal. And I can get anyone who's watched them only on AEW go, are they really this good? I don't see it. And I get it. And I think that with the Bucks, the Bucks are gonna the Bucks are gonna give them time to shine. They're gonna and they're gonna work off of their own strengths. It's I'm excited for that match next week. I'm excited for that match next week. And clearly, the, you know there's still there's still some ammo to this Will Osprey, um, to this Will Osprey, uh, uh, Kenny Omega stuff, which I'm stoked for. I'm really really stoked for, and I kind of feel that's happening in New Japan. I kind of I I don't know why I, but I have a feeling. I, it's my, my 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 instinct, my gut is saying that this is going this is something that's going to happen in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because, like Kenny said, you know, it's like you know, you couldn't beat Ome- you couldn't beat Okada, you lost to Okada, but you know, I left New Japan in your hands, and you know, you you can't live up to it, son. And I know at the same. Also, you know, I I know, uh, Jim, Jim Ross and 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 Taz were freaking out at what Will Ospreay was doing, right? And that's that's something. Especially when it's when it comes from miserable old Coot Jr., it's nice to see him have a little spark again. It'd be nice if he was able to to work his emotions a little more with other members of his regular roster. You know what I mean? But we'll take what we can get. But yeah, I mean this is uh, this is great. This was great stuff. Just great stuff. Great stuff to end to end the show. But we're not done talking about AEW just left, just yet, because on top of you know all of the backstage news, the you know the Hangman Page, uh, CM Punk business, which is still you know Tony addressed it this week and was talking about how um, was was talking about how uh, um, you know CM Punk has some unresolved anger or whatever. On top of all of that we learned that Eddie Kingston got silently suspended after a backstage altercation with Sammy Guevara. It was PW Insider. PW Insider getting the big news this week. They reported, and I'll read the report directly from Mike Johnson, if you don't mind. And Chad, I would love to hear your opinions on this as we go along. Wednesday morning, PWInsider.com known during the we don't need the stinking name show for the PW... Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a hell of a plug they put right there. Um, there was a story making the rounds uh, among talent that there was a heated issue between Sami Guevara and Eddie Kingston backstage recently. Since we recorded the podcast, PW Insider confirmed with several sources that there was an altercation in Minneapolis several weeks back following a Sami Guevara promo that got physical after Guevara returned backstage. Kingston confronted Guevara taking issue with something he said during the promo about Kingston's appearance. The two were separated and Kingston was suspended for several weeks. He has not been at AEW events since, and the expectation is that he will return next week. When reached for comment, Kingston confirmed the suspension, stating, quote, you know the truth. I wouldn't lie. I was wrong for being unprofessional. That is the blind fact. He did what he did, and the public can judge that. But I know for a fact I was wrong. unquote. Now, at the time that PW Insider put this out, there was no response from from Sammy Guevara, right? Uh, and it, it it seemed we you know, we were talking about an altercation. People thought it was a punch, but you know Dave Meltzer chimed in and he said you know it was a verbal altercation. There was not specifically a fight. People keeping them separate. There might have been some touching, but you know that was the uh, that was the long and short of it. Sammy Guevara put out a statement. Actually, he gave a statement to Fightful, which they released on Fightful Select uh, as a as a uh, out of respect uh, for for what they do there. I'm not going to read verbatim what the statement said. You can go, you know, subscribe whatnot, you know, and maybe at this point it's been reported more freely i don't know but out of respect i'm not going to do it but uh, the uh, the the crux of what sammy talked about in his statement was that he was considering himself a, a professional that look here's the the basic story he was saying is that usually before going into a promo without going over the bullet points the wrestlers will share with each other look I'm going to talk about this are you cool with that and the wrestler will say and the other wrestler will say yes or no I'll tell you this is what I want to say but uh, but you have to give me feedback if you're cool with that or not what he says is that he was a professional and he communicated to Eddie that he was going to call him fat essentially but Eddie did not do the same, neither through uh, Tony Khan, the producers, or um, directly to him, right, so, um, so, you know, Sammy was basically, basically says in his his comment that I was doing this out of my own character, I'm an asshole, everyone thinks I'm an asshole, so it would make me a, a top asshole to call a top baby face someone that everyone's like that everyone likes Eddie Kingston to call him in, uh, to call him fat to body shame him essentially but Eddie didn't do he wasn't professional you see he didn't communicate with me right so he started flipping out he started throwing things around he said you can't call me fat and you know he's trying to face palm him and so on and so forth and then they were split apart and Eddie was sent away and fucking uh, Sammy says in his statement that oh he went for uh, he went for uh, 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 anger management I'm like holy shit I'm going to tell you one thing We're look straight off the bat ground floor right I'm sure both of these guys are at fault here it always takes two to tango in these types of situations uh, Eddie, Eddie's a. Uh, he's a volatile guy uh, you know sammy we're we're getting to know sammy seems like a bit of a hothead himself um you know again kind of like what i was talking about earlier with brit baker and thunder rosa not everyone in the uh, not everyone working with each other is gonna is gonna is gonna get along that's just impossible it just that that's just not a thing but i am gonna say this i i, I, I am gonna lay this out here you have two statements here, and one guy, in this case Eddie Kingston, comes straight out and he says something very, very basic, and he talks directly to Mike Johnson of PWI, and he says straight up, and uh, not PW, uh, Pro Wrestling Insider, PWI can also mean Pro Wrestling Illustrated, but uh, Pro Wrestling Insider, and he says to him, Mike, uh, here's the here's the deal. I was in the wrong. He says it. He says it word for word in the quote. The, uh, I was wrong for being unprofessional. That is the blind fact. He did what he did and the public can judge, but I know for a fact I was wrong. Taking accountability, responsibility for what he's doing. And he leaves it at that. And that's all we need. Honestly, that's all we need. Don't need to go any further. Sammy comes in with with an essay and he reiterates his version of the story but we at this point we don't care about his version of the story because the other guy admitted to doing something wrong but he wants to continue driving the knife in here wants to continue burying the hole digging the hole wants to continue going that's what he's doing here i uh, i was a professional you know, I am that you you check with other people what they want to be said. I have worked programs with Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. This is what he says. I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he says. I've worked programs with others like Matt and Jericho. You know, professionals, not these weirdos like Eddie Kingston, who are not pros and who flip out and and don't follow the rules. Right. So what am I supposed to do? And he keep all he does is deflect, deflect, deflect. Put more, try to dump more blame on Andy Kingston. And as I'm reading it, as I'm reading the statement, I'm like, I don't understand why he's doing this. And he looks like an ass doing this. He's coming off as a complete and utter jerk because he's piling on. Well, all he could have said is he could have said, Yeah, you know, I. Uh, Eddie went off, he owned up to it, that's cool, but I hope it doesn't happen again. Like, it could have been just as simple as that, but no, he he decides to give us a side of the story when it was completely unnecessary, when he didn't have to defend himself. Now he feels like he has to defend himself over something that another guy completely owned up to. And all he's doing here is throwing more and more shade on any Kingston, and it stinks. It's a terrible statement. Now, if these guys... Have backstage heat for whatever reason. Like I said, I mean, look, it's cool. I I I much prefer the chaos than anything else. I I won't say it enough. This kind of stuff, I think, yeah, you know, it's it's part of the business, and it's one of the reasons why it it it, it makes wrestling spicy and interesting. So I'm not here necessarily picking sides. And if anything, like. You know, I've dropped a couple of times. You know, in my in my regular job, I do PR all the time. This is a very very poor PR move because you the the guy because one guy already took responsibility for it, and you just keep shoveling shit on him. But he's already taken responsibility. You look like a brat, Sammy. You look like an in like an ingrate at this point because all you're doing is continuously shoveling things on a guy who's already owned up to him and said, yeah, it's my bad. He did what he did, but what I did, it's on me. And I, yeah, that's it. No, he didn't apologize, but he doesn't owe an apology to us in the public. So that's between you guys. Is that why Sammy decided to go down this road? He said, oh, he didn't apologize. He didn't come and shake my hand. Said, that, that's shit that should happen behind the scenes and is none of our fucking business. But now Sammy is making this our business. And now he's going to wonder, oh, people love to hate me and I don't know why. There you go. This is a reason why. And honestly, you have to be able to take a step back and and have just enough self-awareness to be like, look, Eddie Kingston is a beloved wrestler by the AEW fans. He is an... He is is a darling amongst online fans. Everybody loves Eddie Kingston. Are you going to go on this campaign against him? That is also very ill-advised. I'm telling you, some of these wrestlers could benefit from having some PR advice. Because if he had come to me and was like, Warren, what should be the strategy? It's like, send out a line, say, just, you know, I heard Eddie's, Response I'm glad he owned up to it. To me, that uh, to me, you know, puts everything to bed. As far as I go, something like that. We're good. Not this on a fucking Notes app or whatever. I'm convinced he wrote it on a Notes app. I oh, was Sammy Guevara the character,
1: not Sammy Guevara wrestler. Jesus Christ. He doesn't. Clearly, they don't like each other. Clearly. That's fine.
0: Now their match is up in the air for All Out. I think it should go. I think they should do it anyway. I think they should do it anyway and Eddie needs to have the clear win here. That's what I'd do. Give the people what they want. That's exactly what I'd do. But I'll tell you, Sammy's response, and I promise you, read it if you have a chance, if you have the possibility, if you can get your fingers on it, your eyeballs more than than your fingers. Read it, and in the context, realize just how terrible a response is when someone has already responded. Yeah, my bad. Because if Kingston had come out combative in his response and be like, Guevara was coming after me and he was saying shit about me and is it? Eddie Kingston said,
1: it's my bad. It's on me. Terrible. And we're still not done. I want to talk about this
0: this stuff about contract tampering. Because we had heard about that a couple of days ago. Almost a week ago, I think, at this point. or we, we're talking about uh, uh, um, um, Adam Page being... No, no, not Adam Page. What am I talking about? We I'm confusing two completely different stories. There's a report that comes out that a a, a high-profile AEW star was contacted by someone in WWE. And, one of them. and now Dave Meltzer gave more insights into it. He said that there were multiple people contacted by WWE. Here's the report. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading off of the. Uh, uh, I'm reading off of the uh, Figure Four uh, online here. In talking about meeting with, uh, in talking about a meeting that featured Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, and others, talking, Meltzer said it wasn't just one contracted wrestler that was contacted by WWE, but multiple people. It was said during the. This was during a talent meeting that they had for context the talent meeting that happened uh, in AEW it was said during the meeting that con uh, it was said during the meeting by Khan that AEW sent uh, excuse me let me start over again Warren Jesus Christ the long term story uh, storytelling of the onset of your stroke is fun and all but please read properly it was said during the meeting by Khan that AEW legal sent an email to WWE co-CEOs Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon warning them not to tamper with any contracted talent. Brian Alvarez did not have a lot of other notes from the meeting other than saying that the he understood that the quote unquote vast majority of attendees came away feeling good about how things went. Now, multiple people were contacted by WWE. So and then we start talking about tampering, right? And you'll notice you'll notice on you know Dave doesn't talk about tampering. He says, contacted by WWE. Because as far... I don't... I'm trying to say too many things at once here. As far as I understand, there is no such thing as contract tampering in this circumstance that is professional wrestling. Now, I'm not a contract lawyer. I do have a work contract with my employer. So... I decided to chat it up with someone in legal, someone I get along with at work. They're like, look, can you give me some insight on this? Talk talk to me about contract tampering. And, you know, outright told them, you know. And they themselves were like, well, look, you know, I don't understand, you know, you'd have to show me one of these contracts so that I could have the full-fledged picture here, right? But... Since this idea of contract tampering in sports exists usually when there's a governing body that exists over a sports league or, you know, a bunch of franchises. Someone, uh, an organization that oversees all of the contracted uh, 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 sports figures, athletes, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and they establish these rules. It's not usually something that's in a contract. It's usually something that binds. Uh, it's something that binds the 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 owners of clubs or sports teams or whatever that binds them together, right? So, um, it's like you gave me the example of the NFL, where the NFL has a um, has a a, a a window where negotiations can happen during the free during the free agency period right because as long as a, a, a as a a football player is contra is contracted by a team another team can't come and try to make them offers that's that's contract tampering but there's our periods that are reserved for this which is completely legal and so on and so forth he says the problem that becomes that that exists that's inherent with contract tampering and why it is difficult to um, that it's difficult to to prove in any circumstance. He says even with your contract, Warren, we'd have difficulty proving it. Is that we have to if we want to pursue litigation in a civil court? By the way, because it's not a felony, right? If we want to pursue litigation. We have to be able to prove that whoever tempted you over to the other side forced you into breaching your contract obligations before your contract came up. So, So, and he gave me the very clear example. Let's say you talk to one of our competitors and they say, we're ready to make you an offer for twice the amount of money that you make. You have to start in a month. Okay, you have the right to come to us and say, I'm terminating my contract, I'm I'm quitting, I'm leaving. But you're on an NDA for 30 days. So if they say they want you in a month, that's fine. If they say they want you to start next week, you can't. So if you start in a month, there's really nothing we can do because we cannot prove without a shadow of a doubt unless we really want to pursue and we really want to get ugly with it we can't prove that you left because these people contacted you. Uh, 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 because these people contacted you while you were still under our employ. Because technically, there's no such thing as there's no rules for tampering. If you were to, uh, you know, to uh, to break your NDA, your your non compete. It's not a. It's not exactly. It's not called a non compete, but you know. Um, if you were to break your non compete after your contract, then we might have a leg to stand on. If you were to fake illness for the rest of your contract while letting it run out, while still collecting a salary from us, for instance, and then go into work for another, that could be perceived as tampering because they're forcing because they're forcing you into breaching your contract. So he says for your wrestlers, <laughs> for your wrestlers, I don't see how anyone can call this tampering. Because it's not an association. Everyone just picks up the phone and says, hey, how you doing? They can chat with each other very informally and say, so when's your uh, when's your contract up? And it's up to the wrestler to decide whether to say it or not. And that's the thing is that in tampering, there's always two people. It, it goes hand in hand. There's the tamperer and the tamperee. So even, even if you want to go, you want to stomp your feet and go, what a vile thing to do by WWE! So unsportsman-like and such! What a dishonorable thing to do! Even if you want to go down that route, someone who want, someone who breaks their contract off of an offer that they ref, that they got is still as guilty as the tamperer, the tamperee. Is still as guilty as the tamperer, tamperer, tamperee, tampering. But that's the that's the thing, is that it takes two to tamper. So you can't just like put the blame on one uh, on one organization. If the other guy says no, then he's flawless. That's not a problem. And the other guys just tried their luck. So I asked them, why then <laughs> why then would the legal department Of this wrestling promotion. If tampering isn't a thing. Why would they send an email. Off to. uh, The CEOs of the other company. To let them know. Back off motherfuckers. Right. And he said look I don't know. I'm not in there with their strategy. But if I were to do that. That would be to protect myself legally. If there were ever a case that had to be open. That's just me. Showing. Having proof. If it were ever to go to court to say, look, we were aware that they were doing this. We sent them an email to ask them to stop. So that's evidence on your end. It's protection on your end. So it's, you know, he said the CEOs probably got the email and they pressed delete. They pressed the delete and they sent it to their uh, to their recycling bin and they, they'll never think of that email again, probably. You know, it means nothing other than for... The people who sent it who are just like just establishing the fact if it were ever to go to court we were aware that they were doing this they were doing this as early as august 2022 kind of thing like, all right this all makes sense so i think it's not that big a news <laughs> i don't think it's that big a news because there's it all makes sense to me again i'm not i, I you know I, i'm not an expert but all of the the way it was uh, explained to me, the way everything was was uh, was laid out, just made a lot of sense. Because no, there is no governing body of wrestling. You know, there's no if WWE and AEW worked under one same league. You know, a, a commissioner that would oversee their operation. You know, the all uh, you know the the everything happening with the talent. Then they could have some. Some rules established on that level, but but there isn't. So it's hard to call tampering on any level here. Johnny Gargano returned to World Wrestling Entertainment this Monday on Raw in what I would call a successful surprise, very successful surprise, and uh one that uh that I took everyone off guard like that, that legitimately surprised everyone and that everyone was very very happy to hear about and I, and and I think there's been more positive reactions than negative to it because it's Johnny Gargano um he came out I honestly I I don't think the um I don't think there's a uh, that There was a. They could have made this debut any better. No, like no talk, no insinuation that there might be someone showing up. You know, there nothing was leaked, which is shocking. Nothing was leaked, and and they come back from commercial, pan of the audience, and look. And this is the story. I was, you know, I was I was doing. I was at my desk. It's hanging out with Kristen, and we you know we were both working, and we both had raw like I had it on my other monitor, she had it on her TV, and you know we weren't really we were sort of half paying attention, and we're doing, going along doing our thing, and then you know you hear the clap 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 of Johnny Gargano's theme, and I'm like, and 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 I'm doing my thing, and I just lift my head, and I don't turn to the screen. I'm like, I, I know that. Why does that sound fam- Why does that sound familiar? And then I turn my head to the screen. I see the, the the Rebel Heart logo, and I'm like, "Wait, hang on." Then the music kicks in. Gargano on the screen, and I'm like, "Kristen, Johnny Gargano's back," and I'm just stunned. And and everything sort of rises, and I'm like, oh, "Johnny Gargano's back. He's back. He's back." And and as you're looking at the audience in Toronto, as you're as you're staring at them, they're reacting the same way I am. Everyone's sort of like. Wait, what is going on? You know, it's like there was this this swell of we were not expecting this at all, and I think it was fantastic. The Toronto crowd was up on their feet, and Toronto and uh, Johnny Gargano had a very good relationship. He mentioned the the, the DIY match. He mentioned against uh, the uh, the uh, team once known as the Revival. He um he also uh he also uh, you know uh had a match with Adam Cole there as well. This fantastic stuff. I thought I thought that was just amazing. And a great return. And you know what? A, 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 like a legitimate good get back for WWE. This is one where people got Excited about on Twitter and was like sure I, I completely get this yeah he's not you know he's not a this well established main event top guy but Johnny Gargano is uh, has a huge following he was the definition he was he really was Part of the backbone of NXT during these very crucial final years of the uh, of the Black and Gold brand. I'm not necessarily including the way stuff because I'm talking about when he he was when he was proving takeover after takeover that he was one of the top three workers in the company, the entire company, not just NXT. The guy that we were sitting around and 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 and, and we were like and we were. Cursing the fact that he was in WWE Because we were never going to see him wrestle Kazuchika Okada for instance That guy And he's back And that's a real get That's a real solid get A guy that people really do like You know That, and that people have been that, that There's always been a groundswell of support For Johnny Gargano He's always been a fan favorite Always Unquestionable He's a guy that avoided going on to Maine because he knew Vince wouldn't know what to do with him. Now, this is someone where I'm like, well, if Triple H knows what to do with him, it's put your money where your mouth this time. Let's make it happen. I'm really excited for that. I'm really, really excited for that. Now, the idea <laughs> the idea here that follows all of this is that, like I said, it's a good get, a good get return, right? It's not like carrying cross. It's not like, you know the, the 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 weakest members of hit row. It's not. Uh, bringing back fucking uh, Dexter Loomis Who I love And again These are all guys Guys Dexter Loomis I think is You know the guy that I like the most But Dexter Loomis is not a top guy Dexter Loomis is a character But he brings him back And he's still doing Dexter Loomis things. So I'm like okay this is fun But I don't know what Why people got excited for Karrion Cross returning In the first place His run in NXT was miserable And I don't remember anyone saying this guy has it. Everyone was like, what the hell is going on? Hit Row, Hit Row doesn't have their star. And people, you know, oh, they'll be able to carry the act. This is just the three of them. No, they won't. We saw it last Friday. The star of this act is missing. They have an excellent worker, in a a, a Shantae Adonis, who is legitimately a very good pro wrestler, but not a superstar. They think they have the star with Top Dollar, but he's a tryhard. Plus, he stinks. And B Fab is she is a good uh, she is a good uh, 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 um, uh, 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 hype woman. She's very good at that. She's not a star. She's not a centerpiece. She's not a Bianca Belair. So when when people got excited for these returns, I was like, What are we even doing? What's this? Johnny Gargano coming back, looking strong, looking motivated, happy. Let's fucking go. Let's see. Now this is interesting because then we start calling back. Let's see what we can do with him on the main. And you know what? Here's the thing. And I see it in the chat. And I even tweeted it out. Y'all can have your snarky takes about how, you know, about Gargano's wrestling style, which is absolutely fine. Which is absolutely fine. But the, the fact is that this is a legitimate good wrestler, top guy, who can potentially be a top guy, and who has nothing but fresh matches. To offer to the main roster, who is opening up, who is opening up the valves for some good matches. And yes, I absolutely want to see Cody Rhodes and Johnny Gargano. And let it be a let's I let's have the why am I so violent comeback. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Because this is this is absolutely absolutely good get back with <laughs> it's finally a good stone to add on the infinity gauntlet meme which I'm meme which may, probably some of you have seen with Triple H with the infinity gauntlet with the mid-carters on it and uh, Bill Bodkin on the uh, Bob, uh, Bob Culture podcast last night referred to it as the and I loved it he referred to that meme not as the infinity gauntlet but as the mid card mitt and i thought that was the funniest thing and i'm going to use it over and over again and this is the last time i credit you bill uh, because from <laughs> this point forward the mid card mitt is the funniest way to call it i just loved it it's good stuff um it's good stuff and i'm honestly i personally the the rest and here's another thing the wrestling business is better off with Johnny Gargano in it. Again, have all the snarky takes you want about, you know, you know, the the staring off into the distance, you know, and being overly dramatic, being the, the melodrama of it all. The point is, you know, we all remember those matches, maybe outside of the cinematic match, which, which was terrible, objectively bad. But all the other matches, the, the Gargano-Champa feud, it's up there. We remember them. But the world of wrestling is better off with Johnny Gargano in it. Because we're we're constantly on the lookout for the scumbags and the assholes, the people who have shady pasts, the grifters, the bad people in wrestling. And we're like, we got to weed those out. We got to keep them out. We have a legitimately good guy who's back in pro wrestling, who's back in the business. He's going to be back doing something. Something that you feel that you can... That you can support so you know, snarky comments aside, so on and so forth. Who would you prefer? Like, I prefer to have Johnny Gargano's than Matt Riddles any day of the week. Well, of course, Warren's going long. <laughs> well, that means we're good, we're gonna get some content for the members, and that's always a good thing. That's a win for the members, right? Because the members then uh they get the extra content. I'm gonna be Talking about Road Dog replacing Jeff Jarrett in uh, in WWE. We'll talk about the New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, their upcoming, their crossover show. The IWGP Women's Championship Tournament that was announced. Um, this is all fantastic stuff that, that we're going to talk about. Um, WWE's apparently not going to go uh, TV-14 for a while still. All content that I'm going to save... Couldn't skate to He wants to come live in the United States. He says this was not this was not an excursion. I want to live in the United States. I want to I want to make money here. Let's talk. If you want to get that juicy extra content, it's very simple. This is what you have to do: you become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. You can sign up right in the chat. You can sign up. You can click on join on the channel page. And you'll get it. Going Broadway this weekend. I'll record maybe tomorrow Friday at the latest Saturday. But I will record for the members. Yeah, like Evan says, it's only a dollar. not breaking the bank here. But we are going to wrap this up by talking about NWA 74. I promised you... If y'all behaved, if you were good kids, this entire chat room during this entire show, I was going to take the last few minutes of the Mr. Warren Hayes show to talk about the big NWA 74 anniversary show <laughs> This happening this weekend at the Chase Ballroom in St. Louis, Missouri. <clears throat> Legitimately lovely venue. I can I can absolutely see 100% see how the NW you know the NWA's long history with the Chase. I think it's a beautiful it, I was there last year, beautiful venue. Just fantastic place to 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 see some wrestling. I loved it. This weekend, two nights, August 27th, 28th, 74th anniversary show. You can't contain that in just one night, kids. Pals, you can't. You need two nights to celebrate the National Wrestling Alliance, per says William Patrick Corgan, who is currently on his media tour all over Fox News. And you think I'm joking. I am going to uh, run down this exciting card. We're going to start with night, night one. There are... <laughs> including the pre-show, there are 13 matches. <laughs> and, then, and then people are going to bitch about AEW <laughs> putting on quarterly pay-per-views with like eight, nine matches on. This one has 13 and it's a two-night affair. On the pre-show, we have the country gentlemen. AJ Kazanza and Anthony Andrews versus Gold Rush. No, I'm not doing a bit. There's there's three H's at Gold Rush. Gold Rush. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Jordan Clearwater and Marsh Rocket accompanied by Austin Idol. I don't have, I don't know what. Luke Hawks of Hawks Airy versus VSK. I actually like VSK. That has the potential. That, that could be a fun little prelim match. Then the other pre-show match, Rodney Mack, accompanied to the ring by Aaron Stevens versus the Pope. Was it didn't Aaron Stevens? Retire? Didn't they do a whole thing about him retiring?
1: How old is Rodney Mack? 51.
0: And the Pope here is on the pre-show. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure this is significant for um for NWA fans. Then we have uh the uh World Women's Championship match Camille champion taking on Taya Valkyrie. Um Taya's on a bit of a belt uh collector gimmick these days. I would I would say I look, Camille has had the title for like 70 million years at this point. Uh and I don't think they ever found really the woman that they felt comfortable, credible enough to take it off Camille. But I think Taya's the girl to do it. I think Taya has the credibility, the size, the she can go. She she comes across as someone who could beat Camille, who has always been pushed very, very strong. So in this match here, because these are two women who I'm aware I'm I I know of their work. I've uh, I know of their work. I know what they're capable of doing.
1: Taya, Taya goes to
0: Taya dropping all her belts to go back to WWF? No, no. She not she, She's she's uh, a right now. I don't think Trips is calling her back. I don't think she's calling her back he's calling her back then we have the burke invitational gauntlet for a shot at the nwa world women's championship samantha star kylan king tootie lynn missa kate max the impaler maddie rinkowski angeline love genocide natalia markova and taryn terrell are all going to take part in this gauntlet um, there, there's some legitimately very good. There's some legitimately good talent in here. Kylan King being here, Tootie Lin, Tootie Lin. I swear, guys, I swear. If you haven't seen a Tootie Lin match recently, she's gonna be unstoppable. Like her training, uh, her training with Davy Richards is clear. It is. It's changed. She's changed so much over a year. Just fantastic stuff. Max the great. Maddie Rinkowski is another another woman who's improving by leaps and bounds. Genocide's always solid. Taryn Terrell is pretty
1: good. That's Drew McIntyre's girlfriend, right? If I'm not mistaken.
0: But yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, You know, what are you going to do with Natalia Markova? Or fucking Angelina Love. What are we we even doing here? But you know, to go to the... uh, Well, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Then the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship is going to happen here. Homicide taking on Kerry Morton. Are they going to put the... Are they going to strap Ricky Morton's son here? I feel like that's something they could do. Because... This show, the NWA, you know, we always, we like to sit around and have a, have a chit, have a, have a, have a gas, have a laugh at the expense of the NWA wondering, who is this for, right? Who is this for? Who, who is the NWA for? And I think it's for old heads. I think it's for people who really, really don't like modern wrestling and are like, well, at least the NWA will give us what we want, kind of thing. And you know, Kerry Morton has that connection to, you know, he's the he's he's a son of. Uh, use what you got, man. If that if that helps get him over, that he's uh, he, he's the son of a of a of a wrestling legend. Go for it. Go all in, brother. You know what? My prediction here is that Homicide is going to drop that's uh, going to drop the strap. Here you go. Jax Dane is going to be taking on Sion for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. I don't know who these people are. No, I know who Jax Dane is. Hang on a second. I know who Jackson Dane is. That's not true. But uh Scion. So, oh it's Robert Anthony Oh Scion is that was that is that an old gimmick of his? Since he was egotistico fantastico. What is Scion? It's Sion. Cy- I like I, I think Robert Anthony is, is, is great. I really like Robert Anthony. At least he's not with fucking Frank the clown. Anyway, I have no, look, I mean, I much prefer Robert Anthony over uh, um, Jack Stane, so hopefully he'll win, but tag team match for the NWA World Tag Team Championship, the Commonwealth Connection, made up of Doug Williams and Harry Smith, aka Davey Boy Smith Jr., taking on La Rebellion. Bistias, yes, 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 and Mickable four fifty. I don't know how to say four fifty in Spanish. Um. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Williams and Smith are champions right now, and I think that should tell you everything you need to know. Bully Ray is taking on Mike Knox.
1: My God. Former aces and eights, uh, 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 pal from
0: TNA Impact, going after each other in a tables match. Who wanted this?
1: The miserably
0: faithful, a team made up of Judeus, Sal the Pal, and <laughs> wait, this is real and gags the GIMP. <laughs> what? What? Gags the GIMP? It's a, No, it's Father James Mitchell's stable. The Judeus, who I know is, Sal the pal who's Sal Rennaro, and gags the g- <laughs> Wait a second. I gotta see, I, I gotta see this guy, Gags the Gimp, and they're all under, uh, uh, uh what's his name, um, father, uh, father James Mitchell. Also, is he just a guy in a mask, and that's it? Is that just a thing? He's in one of these. Latex masks, is that it? Oh no, okay. No, he has horns. Okay, he's like a little devil. He's a—he—he he doesn't look like a, all that much of a submissive, to be honest. Which is usually what you'd expect out of your gimp. You know, you want you—you you, you sort of you want your gimp to not uh, be uh, to not outshine you. You know, as a dom, you want you—you you, you want to make sure that the gimp knows its place. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Gags the Gimp? And they're taking on the ill-begotten Alex Taylor, Jeremiah Plunkett And Danny Deals? What? What? This is a gag match, right? Danny Deals can't be wrestling
1: Holy shit, okay
0: all right. Well, that'll be a nice little palate cleanser after Bully Ray versus Mike Knox. EC3 controlling his narrative against Matthew Mims. <clears throat> Matt Cardona is going to be facing an unknown opponent at this point. A big debut for um a big debut for whoever will be facing uh Matt Cardona at the at this who who is that even going to be?
1: Sasha Banks, yeah, you wish. <laughs>
0: oh. And um Chris Adonis is gonna be taking on Odinson. Odinson? Is that yeah. Professional wrestler Odinson hails from Asgard. Okay. I've got nothing. That's night one. What's the main event? You want to bet it's Nia Jax? Oh, it's Paro's partner. Oh, now I know who we're talking about. Okay, thank you for the... Okay. See, sometimes the, sometimes the names don't mean anything to me, but then there'll, there'll be a connection. Or I'll find their Twitter handle, and I'll be like, oh, it's this person. Now I know who that is. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Matt Cardona versus the Titan Adam, Stroman, Adam Strongman. Adam Strongman is what they'll call him. The Titan Adam Strongman. I still think, I still think, Trips is bringing Braun back. Why would they have ca- would they have canceled control your narrative matches only on th- off the back of Killer Cross leaving? I don't think so. Bully Ray and Mike Knox is the main event. Okay. Uh, on night two, we have ten matches. One pre-show match. Angelina Love versus Taryn Terrell. Okay. Uh, then we have... <laughs> Galdis versus... <laughs> versus Flip Gordon. <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, I was telling you guys that the Nick Aldis stuff was a workshoot. I told y'all. I, I I was convinced him going off and 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 I, I the minute MJF did the workshoot thing I was like, Look, we are going to enter a period where everyone is gonna to try to do this and we're gonna have shit promotions, we're gonna try doing it. There's gonna be people who are gonna to try to do the workshop and there you go, you have NWA who tried to do it with Nick Aldis. No no, they don't respect me. No, I'm pulling out of the main event and Oh, he just makes his way back on the card. And I was reading that he's going to get some mic time as well. So, come on now. I told y'all it was a worksheet. Kobe Carino versus... And, and Flip Gordon... I think I say this every time Flip Gordon comes up, right? Every time. But I'm going to say it again. Is there anyone in recent years... In professional wrestling, who has fallen out of favor with the fans so hard and fast as Flip Gordon has. Because let's not forget, you know, in the build to AEW, right? When we were still in the all-in era, Flip was, you know, he was on... Being the elite, no, I I think Austin Aries, Aery, Austin Aries, I think was a, I think it was long term storytelling, flip, everything just like literally flipped. I don't know what happened because this guy was on being the elite. He was every, you know, he was on all the things, and people were rooting for him, right? His gimmick was Cody sign, you know, book me on your show, book me on your show. That was the thing, book flip, book flip. That was the thing How many people How many people in this room here Thought that Flip Gordon was going to be Signed to AEW Well Not soon after that Because he started there's, there's a reason why the elite guys Just cut him off right We don't know You know Is it more than just the
1: anti-vax thing And he completely changed his style I know that there was the anti thing, but there's
0: something there's it was even before the pandemic like that that to me that was a nail in his coffin but he was so hot he was he was a he was he had the underdog baby face energy about him people were rooting for him and then the elite cut him off it's weird there's a story there that's all I'm saying there's there's a story there Colby Carino versus Caprice Coleman, which actually should be, that should be a lot of fun. That should be a lot of fun. Tom Latimer versus Judeus, which is the opposite of Colby Carino versus Caprice Coleman. Mercurio versus Magic Jake Dumas, accompanied to the ring by Christy James. Magic Jake Dumas. Or Dumas Dumas like Amy Dumas Oh like he's legitimate he's legitimately his thing is he's a he's a magician he's a wizard he's a he's an old-timey like Victorian wizard Magic Dick Dumas professional wrestler actor director I've never heard of this guy He's kind of like uh, you know he's the, like uh, um the 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 prestige kind of magician. <laughs> Davy Richards is going to be defending the MLW National Openweight Championship against Thrillbilly Silas Mason. Did the episode of MLW of Davy Richards winning the Open weight uh, title has it aired yet? We are going to go to cage match and find that out. Because the last time I checked, it's still it was it's taped, but it hasn't aired. This is exactly like Tyler Bate coming on NXT with the NXT UK World Championship or the NXT UK Championship. Um while there's a tournament going on in NXT UK. MLW, Davey Richards, let's see the matches, Battle Riot 4, it has, look, as far as cage match is concerned, it has not aired yet, we have the date of the taping, but not of the broadcast, I love this, wrestling's back baby. Pretty empowered Ella Envy and Kenzie Page I like Kenzie Page Versus The Hex Allison K and Marty Bell This is for uh, This is a Kings Highway Street Fight For the NWA World Women's Tag Team Championship This should rule Allison Kaye, Marty Bell fantastic. Especially uh, Allison Allison's fantastic Then we have uh, another NWA World Women's Championship match Camille or Taya Valkyrie, depending on who wins night one, versus the winner of the Burke Gauntlet winner, Burke Invertational Gauntlet winner. And I believe, uh see, I think this is a good way. Let's say we go down chat's theory that Taya is going to start dropping her belts to go back to WWF. E. What am I talking about? Camille, this is maybe a good way to get the title off of Camille. Put it on Taya, but Taya then dropping it the next night to whoever else. Tootie Lynn, for instance, who is a local. She's a St. Louis local, which was weird to me that they didn't have win last year because when she was in the the Berg gauntlet last year, that crowd went nuts for her. They had Chelsea Green go over instead. I was like, "Eh, I'm booking the the hometown favorite here. Everyone in the audience knew who she was. They were popping huge for it. Then there's a tag team battle royal for the vacant NWA United States Tag Team Championship. What? There are so many titles here and so little, you know, wrestlers. Anyway, there's a bunch of tag teams here. Hawks Airy. Gold Rush. Gags the Gimp is in this one. Gags the Gimp is, uh, is in this one. Clearly, my favorite to... To pull this one off. I'm 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 voting. I'm
1: throwing my support behind gags the gimp and sal the pal. Oh, Team Ambition is represented in here. Mike Outlaw and Kamaro
0: Jackson. Okay, that's cool. They're not gonna win though, but yeah, give it to give it to Sal and Gags. And then the main event Jesus Christ Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus For the World Heavyweight
1: Championship I I honestly don't know
0: Like this has everything To be, this main event has everything in it. Has all the necessary equipment to be the worst. I don't think there's anything, there is nothing enticing about this match. I I don't even know if there is an NWA fan. Who's like, let's fucking go with this? Here's the thing, Trevor Murdoch. I think he's fine. I think he's a. I think he's a good worker. Tyrus is terrible.
1: He's terrible. The Funkasaurus.
0: Brody, what uh, uh, Bronson bro, broken. Uh, what do they? It doesn't matter. This is a bad main event. Like this is what your this is what you have on your posters. I the, like this is oh, yeah. garbage. This is a bad main event, and I'm not. We're not even going to get into all of the Brodus Clay. Thank you, and we're not even going to get into all the the nonsense that goes along with Tyrus. Right? It's hand in hand at this point. Like. Did they really think that doing the work shoot and taking all this out of the main event was going to make things more interesting? Because I've I got people, I have people who, have, who cover the NWA, who get paid to cover the NWA for websites, for, you know, for other content creators. They cover... They get paid to cover the NWA. They follow the NWA. And even then they're going, I have to sit through this. I have to sit through this garbage. They're not excited.
1: Why would they be? King of the North left
0: a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. It says, William Patrick Corgan is a war criminal. It's it's definitely a war criminal on on, on good taste. For sure. My God. And there was someone on Twitter, and I think it was Tape Machines, who pointed this out. He said, this weekend, I can watch, I can choose to watch Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus for like $25. Or I can watch Naomi Marafuji versus Eddie Kingston For $19. What do you think, what do you think is the best value here? Marifuji Kingston or Murdoch Tyrus?
1: Jesus. I mean, this is,
0: all joking aside... The question that I always maintains about the NWA these days is who is this for? And I'm convinced look, the world of wrestling, the setup in professional wrestling right now, the ecosystem, let's call it that. Let me start over. The ecosystem of, of professional wrestling in the United States is better off with the NWA in it because there's a place for all these guys and gals who can't get signed anywhere else or who were signed elsewhere and aren't necessarily needed anymore for whatever reason they can still wrestle in a place that has a decent amount of visibility and get paid right like it's not as if it's not as if this is you know it's not an ian rotten operation here so it's still important an important part of the ecosystem like MLW is, like impact is, like Ring of Honor is on different levels, right? But as you know, as a a viewer, a consumer of pro wrestling, I cannot but ask myself, who is the NWA for? And the only thing that I can latch my hitch my wagon to is to say there is this is for old heads who are set in their ways when it comes to wrestling and who aren't interested in what's hot, what's new, uh different styles of wrestling, who wanna stay into some kind of comfort zone where there is a a good level of just, I don't know, mediocrity. And I don't want to say that all the wrestlers here on this card are mediocre, but in the presentation and how things are, are put forward, because you you can't you can't sit here and tell me that. Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus is not going to be It's not going to be a shit show It's it, it, It's by design at this point These are people who are just like They want names, they want faces They recognize, I don't know Maybe it is the Fox News crowd Maybe these are all people who You know, spend Whatever time they have In front of a television set watching uh, Watching conservative news It could be It could be because this doesn't speak to me. It speaks zero to me. I'm not offended by it. I'm not saying it should speak to me. There's more than enough wrestling out there right now that speaks to me. If the NWA wants to cater to an audience that is entirely not moi, uh, go right ahead. And hopefully, hopefully they'll make, you know, at least more than 3,000 buys Uh, which is what they did with Empower because uh, if they do only 3,000 buys, that show will be a failure, right? Just like Empower was. Let's not forget. 3,000 buys is a failure. We don't do the pay-per-view again. That was the Weekly Wrestling Inspection. So, we're going to wrap it up. We're done. We're done for tonight, but become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I've still got more stuff to talk about. I'm going to record extra content for the members, for the good old fashioned, lovely people that hang out here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show that are members of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. So, you can become a member, join us. I'll be going Broadway, be talking about more stuff, talking about Jeff Jarrett no longer having a job. We're going to be talking about the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament. We're going to be talking about the Takeshita. And TV ratings. Uh, TV 14 ratings. Not ratings, ratings. I don't talk about ratings. You can go to other places to talk TV ratings. But I want to thank everyone who jumped in the live chat tonight and joined us. It was a very good evening. Lots of people showed up. I'm really excited about that. It was a busy week in wrestling. So uh, I'm assuming people are like it's always good for us for us podcasters after that so i appreciate everyone who showed up tonight thank you all very very much for that and thank you for uh for listening for tuning in if you're listening to this on your own uh, on your own uh, accord vo- uh, the video on demand on youtube.com mr warren hayes or on the podcast thank you very much in the meantime hope you have a great rest of your week and i will see you next time